Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Happy Bitch Podcast. Today is episode 12. It is both a happy and sad episode. Um, sorry, we're already having technical difficulties. Shit's falling down. So yes, today today's episode is going to be about my first time smoking meth. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later. I'm also going to be talking about my addiction, um, my time using, and how and when I got clean. And I'm a little bit nervous, and this is definitely going to be an emotional episode. So if I cry, it's okay. (laughs) Bear with me. And I think we should just get started. So episode 12, July 20th, nine years sober. So welcome to the quitting meth once and for all. Trigger warning, I am going to be talking about drug use quite a bit. So if you're new to sobriety or if you're just new into recovery, maybe save this one for a little bit later. Um, I will not be glamorizing it by any means. I'll just be talking about it. So um, it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but if this can even help one person from potentially doing meth or if it can help someone quit doing meth, um, I think it's worth it. So at some point this week will be my nine years sober off of hard drugs. And the reason why I use the term hard drugs is because I still smoke marijuana or weed. Um, It is legal where I live, so I don't see a problem with it. Plus, it's a plant. It came from the earth. So to me, it's safe and not necessarily healthy, but it's not bad, in my opinion. Um, I was trying to think of the first time I had did hard drugs. And if you don't know what hard drugs are, it's like crystal meth, cocaine, heroin, ecstasy, MDMA, molly, like those kinds of things. Um, Also in that category are like downers, um, like oxycodone and stuff like that. I never did that stuff, but that's also to me in the same category because it's so mind altering and so addicting. So I started hard drugs in grade nine. I started with doing ecstasy on the weekends. Um, Mind you, I had already been doing I had already been through some tough times. Uh, Being a teenager was just a hard time for me. I felt awkward. I felt like I didn't fit in. I was sad, overweight, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, it was a really tough time for me. So I was an emo kid. And if you don't know what that means, it's like, you know, with like the hair over the face and like the the dark eyeliner and like the sad music and 
like if you know what a goth is, like with the black clothes and stuff, it's kind of similar to that. But just look up emo kid on the internet if you're really that curious. So I was an emo kid when I was in like grade eight, grade nine and stuff. Um, I did turn to self-harm. I used to cut myself. I know for some people that seems like so fucking crazy, but I know for other people they can totally relate to that. Like when I would feel like out of control, I guess, like I couldn't really, like I had no control over what was going on and I felt like everyone around me had kind of hurt me. Oh, this sounds so dark. I'm sorry. (laughs) And it's like, I felt like everyone else around me had hurt me. So then it's like, at least if I hurt myself, I'm the one who's in control. I'm not saying it's right. And please don't cut yourself. Please find a better outlet than that. I'm just telling you my story and like how I dealt with things. (sighs) Yeah, so I was already doing self-harm, so it's not really surprising to me that I switched to drugs. I remember being tired of having feelings. Okay, now I'm going to get into the story of the first time I smoked meth. (sighs) Okay, so... I was chilling at a friend's house and we were, we were weed smokers. Like we maybe did ecstasy like at parties or like going out with friends and stuff like that. I'm not saying that doing ecstasy when you're partying or going out with friends is okay. But like I said, I'm just telling my story. Uh, Disclaimer, I'm going to stop saying it's not okay because everybody knows that drugs are not good. I'm just reiterating the fact that this is just my story. These are just the facts. Okay. So I was at a friend's house and another one of our friends showed up with one of his friends. Um, This friend has now passed away. RIP man, take care. Hope everything's, just hope you're resting in paradise. So yeah, this friend showed up and we were all weed smokers. You know, we smoked weed probably every day at that point. And they had like a tin foil. And I don't know if you're familiar with oil, but like you can make like a little like kind of crater, I guess you would call it. And then you put the oil in there and you light it underneath and you inhale the smoke and that's how you smoke oil. So that's exactly what they were doing. They had a substance on there and they were burning it from the bottom and inhaling the smoke. I didn't really think much of it because like you're chilling with a bunch of weed smokers. You think that they're bringing weed. Um, so yeah, that day we smoked what was ever on the craters and we went for a walk downtown. We had a great walk. We walked really fast. Me and this friend were just walking and talking, had to get downtown to do some stuff and had a good day. Whatever. Not a huge deal. Didn't feel too many negative side effects afterwards. You know, just was a little bit tired later on that night. But I thought, okay, you know, I'm just burnt out like, you know, with weed. So had continued to chill with that friend who had come over. And 
you know, we had gone to a few different places that week, went to the beach, was continually smoking this substance. And then at one point, the friend said, hey, we have to go pick up some more meth. And I was like, whoa, wait, crystal meth? Like that highly addictive drug that they tell you about in high school? And he's like, yeah, that's what you've been smoking for the past couple days. Mind fucking blown. But I already liked what I was smoking for the past couple days. So to find out that it was meth at that point wasn't really a huge deal to me. And I like it was a huge deal, but it wasn't at the same time. Like I was shocked that I had been doing something without the knowledge of what I was doing. But I liked it. So I guess you could say I was kind of already hooked at that point. Um, So the only other reference I had to crystal meth at that time, other than like, you know, learning about it in school and stuff like that, I had a drug class teacher and he used to tell us stories about his past speed times and speed is also another word for meth (sighs) so crystal meth has many slang names i mean maybe now maybe that i accidentally did it like if you hear people calling anything around you any of these things you're probably not chilling in the right crowd Um, so there's meth, crank, ice, crystal, speed, zip, dope, and more. What I'm trying to say is don't be stupid and don't just smoke whatever is around you. Uh, or if people are bringing meth around you, maybe get some better friends. So, like I said, I... I got into meth and I'm going to break it down to you as like the different steps. Um, And it's kind of my interpretation on the steps and what they actually were written on the internet. So in the beginning, it was fun and exciting. We would smoke meth and go to the beach or go to casinos, go out of town, go to the bars, hence why it's addicting. You feel like anything is possible and it gives you a huge confidence boost. You just feel sexy or like you just feel good about yourself or like in the beginning and that's how I was feeling. So that's kind of the feeling I got addicted to because like I said, I had low self-esteem throughout being a teenager. So when you find something that makes you feel comfortable and like good about yourself, it becomes very addicting. But that feeling does not last long. Trust me. So the high, the rush will last about two to 30 minutes. Um, The high when 
the user feels smart and wants to argue, often interrupting people. The user may become focused on cleaning or another task and may repeatedly do it for several hours. This can last four to 16 hours, okay? Yeah, having the energy to clean for like an hour, awesome, cool. But cleaning a tile, for 16 hours is not okay. And that's what this drug will eventually make you do. Not necessarily clean a tile, but it will make you focus on something and time will just slip away from you. Like you're not in your right state of mind. Yeah. So yeah, meth gave me the confidence that I almost that I never had, and it almost ruined my life. Step three, the binge. Continued drug use to remain and chase the high can last days, as crystal meth keeps you awake. And I have an addicting personality, so sometimes I wouldn't sleep for up to a week. If you've ever stayed up for a few days, you get weird. Like, I think... It's on like day five or day three without sleep that you actually start having like hallucinations and that's without drugs. So imagine no sleep plus drug use for like a week. It's really not a good time. Um, I will tell you one little side story. So uh, one of the, I don't know, I'd say it was maybe about three months into my drug use and there was four of us, me, a friend, a girl, and then two of our guy friends were all just sitting on the couch all night smoking meth. And then a few days had passed and it was time, you know, to come down and get ready to go back to work and stuff like that. So we lived in a big house. Come on, Maxie. Sorry, for anybody who's just listening, my dog just had to come lay down next to me. Okay, so we lived in, like, not a huge house, but, like, I was, like, 19 at the time. So we had, like, I think, like, a four-bedroom house. And I was home alone. And I was coming down really hard off of meth that I had been doing, smoking for a few days prior to that. So, um... Part of the come down is like you get paranoid. Um, for some reason, I was just, I was trying to go to sleep. And with meth, like that's a side effect that you can't sleep. My mind is just racing and I feel like someone is breaking into my house. No one is breaking into my house. And I know that for a fact, but I was tripping, as they call it. So. I kept on hearing someone, or so I thought, going into the basement window. So me in my crazy state of drug use, I took a plastic bag and I put it in the window ledge. And I said, okay, well, at least now if somebody breaks in, I'm going to hear the bag crinkling and then I will be able to know that somebody broke in. Looking back, like that's fucking crazy. But that's what drugs do to you. 
And I mean, that's just like, that's a very, very minor thing. I know people who have run into their parents' bedroom at three or four o'clock in the morning and yell, someone's burning down our house. And they're panicked because they actually believe that someone is burning down their house. In actuality, everything was fine. So moral of the story, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Okay, so step four, tweaking. Um, Like I just said, when there's no more drugs, users get paranoid. Um, Some people can feel like bugs crawling under their skin. Hence why like some people scratch all the time. And then they have like scabs and like, you know, picks. And if you ever see someone with like a bunch of scabs, I'm not saying all the time, but like if you see someone and they have a lot of scabs, and they're very, very thin. If it's not another medical condition, I would say they're probably on drugs, especially if they have erratic behavior going along with those other symptoms. So the next step is step five. That is the crash. The body is shutting down, resulting in sleep for one to three days. Yeah. Crazy, right? Who the fuck sleeps for three days? I I ended up in Edmonton and I had to go stay with my auntie. And I had just come off like a, fuck, like a week, maybe eight, nine days of binging. And I went to my auntie's house and she fed me and she washed my clothes and she took really good care of me. And that's kind of when I came out to my family that like, hey, I'm a drug addict. Like I need help. I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah, so I slept for three days at her house. And she said she had to, like, keep coming into the room to check my pulse to, like, make sure I was still alive because, like, she was getting really worried. So number six, a meth hangover. This can last two to 14 days. You are starved, you are dehydrated, and you are physically and mentally drained. Plus, to me, it felt like my brain was broken and, like, Everything in the world was terrible. Kind of like a really bad self-induced depression is really what it felt like. (sighs) Most people use as to regain that good feeling. You know, you feel terrible, you get high, you feel better, hence the cycle of addiction. So step number seven is withdrawal. This can last 30 to 90 days. People who are depressed, they're craving meth, um, or they're depressed from their drug use, so they're craving more meth. This process can be extremely painful and difficult. Some 93% of users return return to the drug at this state. So basically I did meth for two years. The first year was kind of, it was fun. I didn't see a problem. 
I thought I was living my best life. I was completely fooled and blinded by addiction. Like it was terrible. (sighs) So the first year was good. Like I said, I didn't see a problem. Um, Year two rolls around. I was super skinny. Like I think I got down to like 100 pounds. And like for comparison, I'm like 130 right now. And like I think I'm not super skinny, but like I'm a good size. So like minus 30 pounds from this body. It's just it was too much. Like you could see all my bones. My cheeks were sunken in. Ugh, was not a good look. Um, I had lost all of my friends that didn't do drugs. I had lost relationships with my family. I lost a job. I quit another job. I crashed two cars. I was kind of homeless at one point. Uh, shit was going downhill. Like drugs are fun and all until your friend doesn't wake up. Until you haven't talked to your mom in a month because you've been so high that you can't even fathom calling her. Um, yeah, it's, it's all fun and games until reality slaps you across the fucking face and you realize like, what am I doing? Take it from me. I am so lucky to have gotten sober. I honestly don't know if I would be here today if I didn't get sober. I'm also like so happy that I had a family to fall back on. You know, like I said, I was kind of homeless at one point. That's because my mom was tired of my bullshit. I would come home every week, sleep for a couple days, fuel up on food, and just take off again. So I think she was just like worried and stuff. So she she just didn't want me there anymore. Plus like I have four younger brothers and sisters. So she has to look out for their best interest. But when I did kind of break down and call her and said, "Mommy, like can I come home? I don't want to do this anymore." Sorry. Woo! It's so emotional because, like, you kind of put it to the back of your mind all the time and try to be like, that's not who I am anymore. But then to have to talk about it and kind of not relive it, but realize how fucking shitty of a person I was back then. And I guess it's not, oh, you're a shitty person. It's like, no, you had an addiction and you needed help to recover from that. So if you need help, Reach out for help. If your mom's not the kind of person that you can turn to, turn to addiction services. Um, There's different government associations. There's local associations. Like if you are really struggling to find someone that can help you, feel free to message me on Instagram and I can help you look up what services you need and maybe help you find an NA meeting, maybe help you find some reading material that can help you get to where you want to be because... Being a drug addict fucking sucks. It's not fun. Maybe it seems fun in the beginning, but it turns into a fucking nightmare. So I actually found this letter written March 31st, 2012. 
So I got sober in July 2012, a few months after this letter. So I'm going to read it to you. Um, bear with me. My, I might cry again. So we have all, I wrote this letter like to the drug, to crystal meth, to jib as like a breakup letter. Um, I've heard of other people in addiction doing this. So I thought it would be a really good exercise. (sighs) So we've been through dear jib. We've been through some good times and bad. You've showed me things I've never seen. I'm not going to lie. I did love you. You brought me friends, if you can call them that. You brought me the casino. And you've showed me how addicted people act. I've also come to realize they are weak. They are just weak. Oh, that's not. That's not a popular opinion. Um, I don't think drugs addict, drug addicts are weak. That was just my state of mind 10 years ago down here. Okay, sorry. So I'm happy to say that we are over. You hurt me more than you helped me. You got me through job loss and heartbreak and backstabbing. Well, actually, you covered it up. Purposefully. You made me blind to any of my feelings, broken relationships, months I'll never get back, and months I'll never get back. But you have many users. Some accept me to be with you. Others believe it is their place to say no. Don't. She's ours. You have to let go. I am leaving you because I refuse to wake up in 10 years and have lost even more time than you have already taken from me. You have taken my respect and my reputation, my beauty, my laughter, and my cheer. I will end this sick love affair before it's too late. I am bigger, better, and stronger than you. I will no longer, no longer will there be a wall separating me from my reality. I will not be like the others. I have learned it's good to feel things. Sometimes it will hurt and others it will be like you're high on life. (sighs) Once I thought we were a match made in heaven until I caught myself begging that innocent girl to stay away from you in fear that she would, in fear that you would catch a hold of her too Then it hit me. I must slip away now before it's too late. The kids know. Um, When I say the kids, I'm referring to my younger siblings. The kids know and it breaks my heart to admit it. (sighs) That I'd ever love a life-sucking monster like you. No more slipping away for a quick visit. You've stolen my sparkle, my admiration, my self-respect, but not my family or my angel Bella and the motivation to fix everything that we've created. I know I will miss you for 44 days. So I researched that uh, meth addiction, like withdrawal lasts 44 days. So that's where that reference comes in. 
but it will be more than worth it. I want you, I may want you, but I know the potential you have. You've broken many things, but not my morals. I think... I thank karma for showing me the things you've masked. Now I see you for the monster you are. Never will I help you gain the love of another lost and worn out soul. <clears throat> Never will we spend days and nights numb to life, reality, and gibberish. I hope you perish. But no, this is the only the beginning. I want to run, but you are everywhere. I beg you to spare the ones I love. You prey on the weak, and I'll never let them feel that way. Leave my city. We have enough problems here. Run, because we are strong if we stay together. I don't remember who I was or who loved me before you. I will love, I will love again someone who deserves me, who will love me back and not crush me. I will work hard to prove to you you have lost all of your power. I have it now. I fear a lot of things, but you getting me back is not one of them. So good luck. I hate you. I will get my sparkle bath. I will get my sparkle back. I will feel real feelings. I just need to be me again. Do you remember her? Here we are, rock bottom. Never thought I'd get here. I accept what I am and the only way up from here and the only way is up from here. Holy shit. Whew. So yeah, like I said, um, that was my breakup letter with crystal meth. Think that's all the time we have for today. I hope you guys learned something from this. Crystal meth is bad. Please don't do drugs. If you need help with your addiction, please reach out to me. Be happy. Don't be a bitch. And don't smoke meth. I love you guys so much. Thank you for watching. Peace.